Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is Friday, April 24th. I think we got a good week left in us here, and then it's over. We're into May, and it's the first day of Ramadan where people are fasting, and they are um, starting where they don't eat from sunrise till sunset. And so they get up in the middle of the night and they eat. And and normally I always fasted when I was young growing up. And um, I just, I don't even eat at night now. I I, I just don't eat at night. It's so weird. But um, because I can't sleep, then I stay awake and then I can't wake up for the show. But it just goes on and on. But anyway, it's a big deal. It's a very peaceful giving month. It's a time when you know, because people don't eat, they understand what it's like not to eat, and they are obligated through religion to help the poor. Now, that being said, when you're going through that, you actually want to do that, and a lot of times they find families and directly help them, as opposed to giving to a charity and letting it weed down, and the person has to be sophisticated enough to find the charity and all of that. They they literally find families, and they directly help. So it's actually a very beautiful thing. So that's starting today. It goes on for a month. And um, it's like, you know, how they start Lent, and that goes on for six weeks. Well, this goes on for... Um, only 30 days so it goes by the lunar calendar so everybody's got something very special to feel and learn and hopefully it brings us closer to God and the whole purpose of it to begin with I guess so today I have a question from Susan Auric and she wrote great to have you back we hear it all the time money is permission why do we struggle with that so much I know I do. I don't even understand the whole permission idea. I semi-understand the tool idea, but generally, why do our needs come naturally and money, which we need to meet our needs, does not? It's not hard for me to make money. It's hard for me to keep doing it because I don't enjoy it in the past. Can you untwist my thinking a little bit here? And I thought to myself, you know, I've gotten there. I would feel at times that money was just so hard to come by. But it was interesting. Once I'd go to work, I would make money and I would be fine and I wouldn't have those issues. But if I was feeling like money was coming so hard to me or what was going on. So I thought, hmm, I get what I get what she's saying. And then I realized I used to be a stockbroker, and the reason why I did not enjoy my job, even though I, I loved the part of it that I was doing, I didn't enjoy the, the quick make money in a minute because customers really thought that because they came to a broker, they were going to be guaranteed to make money. Even though they knew that people lost money, they in their brain could not compute that, so they would come in and they would be upset if their money went down as though the broker had control of the market, where really the broker was just the transaction person between you and the product, right? But nobody looks at it that way. They think that brokers are wizards. 
So I remember thinking to myself at that time, that's not the customer I want. I want the people that I can help generate an income for from the money they have because it's a tool. So I would put it into accounts that I knew would give them a certain return, and they can live on that return without actually using their principal money unless there was an emergency. And I also made sure that wherever I invested their money, if they were to lose it, oh, um, Francis writes in um, the chat, is it appropriate to say happy Ramadan? Yes, it is, actually, very much so. Um, So if they lose their money, their lives would not change. So those were my criteria. But I understood that money was something that they used to continue a lifestyle that they had. But that's assuming somebody already has money. So I said, well, if Susan doesn't understand permission, because without money, you can't walk into a grocery store and buy groceries, or you can't walk into a computer shop and buy a computer without money. Unless, you know, there's other ways to do it, but those aren't the ones we're discussing. But you know what I'm saying. So it's permission to buy, but you have to make it. And that's the part where people, it's a psychology that is hard to wrap your mind around the fact that you have a money personality. We all have a money personality. And it's the same exact function as like a dieter's personality. And I I know that sounds funny, but I started looking this up because I thought, well, how am I going to explain it to Susan? How is she going to see if she doesn't understand that money's a tool? Then what's going on? What's going on in the head of someone who does that? Because I did used to understand money was a tool, but the choice of professions when I switched from working in the corporate world to doing this work, no one came and said, oh, Nadia, you're doing such great work. Here's some pay. I just had to believe, and it wasn't easy. But I I saw where I was going, and so it didn't bother me the way it could have bothered me had I thought of money differently. You know, I didn't think of it as defining my profession, and I knew I would make it until I made it, like I would make it go by. But money, it's not an enemy or a goal. It is a tool. It's just like a dieter who needs to eat. You have to eat something, and we make good choices eating. But someone who diets can tell you every calorie, every carbohydrate, every protein of of food, they just can't get themselves to get on the treadmill or to exercise or to. So they're only doing half the job. Showing up to work is half the job. But once you get there, what do you do to provide an income? Because a lot of us can do what we love and provide an income. But it's how we walk into it that's going to make the difference. Because using money as a tool, it, it's like we have to stop thinking of money as cutting back expenses and thinking of that as painful. And instead, look at it as a tool to create a life we want, that we want. 
because it all goes back to psychology. Because Liam says in the chat, maybe with the global lockdown and people not working worldwide, when we all get back to work, we can appreciate it more. We, we may. This conversation is irrelevant of the lockdown because the lockdown's only been 30 days, but the mindset is much older than that. This lockdown's giving us appreciation of even seeing friends, even seeing our children, even just going out and getting a bite to eat, which now I, I, it's not even a thought in my head. It's gone. But money as a tool to build lasting wealth, looking at money, not like wealth where we're going to be, where we could retire at 30 or 40. That's, that's not, I want to say, something that we can do now because we're past 30 and 40 in most cases. Or, or you have to have something that generates income while you're sleeping to get there or create a product, or, you know, there's ways to do it. It's not like we're reinventing the wheel. So how come some people do it and don't give it a second thought, and other people, it's a big problem? So I went in, and I I just started searching, like, money personalities, because I know that one of the reasons why I wanted to get out of the stock market was because I didn't like people's money personalities that came into the office that I worked in. But I wasn't like high-level trading on the floor. I was sitting at a desk in a bank. And there were people who would come and sit at my desk, even older people who, you know, wanted just a higher return and would come and tell me, well, that bank down the street, they're giving us, you know, double the interest you're giving us a month. I want to take my money out and go over there. And I would say that would be great, but you also are taking a greater risk. And I would explain to them what an unsecured debenture was as opposed to something that was federally insured and why that was important to them at their age. And then once I educated them, I was okay with whatever choice they made because I at least gave them the information that they needed. And so I realized that our worst money problems are all in our heads. It's how we view it. And I'm going to go back to the dieter because it's easier to see because money makes us feel like it's either going to control us or not. And I don't work for money. And, you know, people do bad things for money and whatever comes out of us. But it's all about looking at it like you're budgeting. Like no matter how much money comes in, I don't care if it's only 100 bucks, you take 20 and you put it aside. Just like if you're dieting, you buy the whole bag of chips, you don't eat it all at one time, and if you do, you get sick. But if you eat a little bit at a time, you don't. And then over time, after having a little bit of it, it doesn't matter if you have it or not, you can even stop buying chips. Because we're modifying behavior day in and day out of our lives. Also the same for money problems. Financial know-how can only go so far. 
just like knowing all the calories and the protein. And you, you can study all you want, but until the rubber meets the road, you put knowledge into action. That's why I always say that, that motivation is that it's action. You just, once you start doing something, then you're motivated to do it, but you can't wait for the motivation to show up. So we have to kind of help ourselves through our actions. It's never, ever just about the food. It's never, ever just about the money. Christ has been saying that to me all along. It's not about the money. It's what we're willing to do for it or how we use it against ourselves because it is how we think. A tool, and I'm going to, Take it just a step further to show you how. It, is a, it tells you who you are, just like any other behavior. Because money will tell you, will you cheat for it? Will you lie for it? Will you work for it? Will you be able to save it? Do you have patience? It has all this bag of tricks that comes with it. Food, do you eat it all at once? Do you know when to stop? Do you have limits? Do you have controls? Do you exercise your body? It has a whole set of rules that come with that. We can know everything. And believe me, people dump stuff on my page. They know everything. I don't even say I know everything. But when I see that, what do I know? I know that I can't tell them anything. No matter what I tell them, they're going to they're gonna fight back because they have to know everything. But do you know what happens to someone who knows everything? I know my father used to say this all the time, never marry a guy who tells you he knows everything. People who think they know everything know nothing because they know not to learn. They know it already. They're not going to listen to anybody. So here we go with money, back to your question, not understanding it as a tool. They've got every budget app, people who are thinking of money, and they study it. There seems, they, you know, but they can't seem to get control of how they think about it, how they spend it. They go to, you know, financial advisors. They read, they figure out, okay, this is what I can do with the little money I have. But then think about what I just said, the little money I have. I don't have enough money to start saving. I don't have enough money to do this or do that. I would be so much happier if I had money. And they get so paralyzed by the fear of running out of money that they're unable to deploy the assets that they have, which is them, their time, how they use it, what they do for it. And no matter what you tell somebody who has that paralyzing fear of running out of money, and they do end up running out of money, they end up getting in that same, that tread, what is it, the... Um, what is it? It's the wheel that goes round and round, like a merry-go-round. But um, 
you know, the rats are in it, and I can't think of the wheel. If somebody knows it in chat, write it in chat. But when they put the mouse in that little wheel and it just goes round and round, not not like a treadmill, but similar, but it's just literally a circle. And you just do that all your life, and you can't figure out why money never comes to you. And I have to tell you, I remember being so shocked when I literally ran out of money, ran out of food, had six kids to feed and a sick husband while I was writing Origins of Truth. And I could not figure out how I was going to feed that family. And I couldn't believe that all of that rested on my shoulders. And I was petrified about the situation. But the fear of losing money, which I didn't have, was gone because I didn't even have money to lose. My job was to make sure that family was fed first. But something came over me that taught me, going to come and go. But it will never define you. You're the one who's defining the money. But the money doesn't define you. You can have millions in the bank and you can have zero in the bank. It's your personality. It's you. It's what you do with it, what you think about it. And so there's a Kiplinger report that I read, and it was written like eight years ago, about how emotional baggage can sabotage your financial goals. And here's how to recognize it, and they write it all in there. And in the title of the articles, your worst money problems are all in your head. Because any problem, whether it's money, it just shows up more in money, or in dieting because it shows up on your body, these things are indicators of our personalities. It's never about the money. It's never about the food. It's about how you think of these things. Food is a tool, too. If you didn't eat, you wouldn't function properly. If you didn't know how to handle what comes into your life, it will not work properly. So whatever it is we have, we have to find a way to make it work. It's part of our job. It's why we're here. But before there was money, personalities still had those personalities. It just got exasperated through money. You could see it. You could see diet. You could see a car. You could see a house. And I don't mean that you bought the car or you have the big house. It's, is your car clean? Do you appreciate what you have or are you waiting until you make it? Because people who waited until they make it found out they're the same person, whatever make it means. A disorderly home. It's all a reflection of our mind, Right? That's why Christ said, clean something and you will organize your mind. So going back to 
me realizing that I had this family to take care of and feed, and I literally cooked my last bag of pasta. I had no idea where, when, how, or why I was going to be able to get food into my home to feed everybody and take care of everybody. I was done. I would go to bed crying at night because I was in shock that all that responsibility fell on my head. It's the last thing I expected. And then I woke up the next day, and I don't know what happened while I was sleeping, but I no longer feared money. I was so, I was the person who was paralyzed. I was so scared of getting to that final point of literally not having anything that God put it in front of me. (laughs) Hook, line, and sinker. There wasn't a part of it left out. Everything was gone. And I woke up and I felt this weird freedom because my worst fear that I was so paralyzed by was right in front of me. And I had to face it. I had no choice. Literally no choice. And so here... I wake up and I I look around and I open the fridge and whatever we had left in there, I can't even remember what I made out of it, but I did something. But I released the fear. I released the fear. And by about 10 o'clock that morning, I got a phone call from an old neighbor of mine who said to me, Nadia, what's what's your address now? I kind of know where you live now, but I don't know your address. And I was just floored. She never called me before. I used to see her at baseball games because their son and my son played together. And I was doing those little workshops for self-esteem building for teenagers, and I had to cancel. The weekend coming, I wasn't feeling good. And she said, for you not to feel good, something has to be wrong. I'm coming over. She came to my house. She had gone to Costco and purchased every single thing I would have purchased myself and and more, even down to laundry soap, and showed up in my driveway. I never told her how big that was. I was crying while I was taking and helping her unload her car and bringing the food into my house. Down to Tylenol. There was nothing she left in that store that I didn't need. And it happened after my fear was released. 
But what I left and what I learned was how calming it was to actually see my worst fear in front of me. So I no longer carried fear anymore, not just towards money, but towards anything. That you never know what this day will bring. But God knows. God knows what's going on in our head, what's going on in our heart. So if you're looking at money as an obstacle where you're not sure if you understand its its way, think about how you run everything in life. Why do we struggle with money so much? Because we think answer to everything. We think if we have it, it's going to fix everything in our lives, and it's not going to fix anything. It's just going to give you permission to do more things that you have to pay for, but you don't have to pay for everything you need to do. Our needs do come naturally, and money doesn't feel natural, but it's an extension of how we think, behave, what we put into action, and what we don't. Money is not an enemy. It's not a friend, and it's not a foe. It is a tool. If you work, you get paid some of it, and with it, you can go and take care of other things you need. But if you look at it as only something to take care of those things, like it's in your way, but you have to get it to do this, that's now you're dealing with the psychology of how you feel about money. So if it's not hard for you to make money, then go and make it. If it is hard for you to keep doing it, and all you can think about is how much you don't enjoy the things you have to do to make money, then that is also a psychology you have adopted. What if you said to yourself something as simple as, I love getting dressed and going to work. Attitude you're bringing with you, not the fact that you're doing this for money, you poor thing, you have to go out and work for money. We all do. I never met anyone who walked into a computer store and they said, oh, so-and-so, you're such a great person, here's a computer. You have to pay for it. Because somebody made it. And they made it because they needed to make money. And their skill to make a computer or be part of the team that makes a computer gives them satisfaction And we buy that satisfaction. We pay for theirs. It's like bartering. We used to barter, but you don't have to give them anything for it. You can give them money for it because you don't know who they are. They're a company. Think like that. Think in your mind that this is something that I get instead of I'm fighting, I'm raging against the machine, I'm having a hard time, I don't know how to untwist my thinking Whatever we hyper-focus on and we take it into a negative place because I need money to meet my needs. I have to do it and I hate what I have to do for it. Well, instead of hating what you have to do for it, do something you love and that will be the byproduct of doing what you love as opposed to forcing yourself to do something because I I can bet my life that every single thing you choose to do in life you don't hate do money 
it's a, a big loaded world, but at this point in life, dealing with the psychology of money is what really needs to happen here. Because hang-ups, they run the gamut of the minor glitches to full-blown disorders. And they have one thing in common, and this is from the article. You can't cure them simply by studying up on finance or investments. You have to address these dysfunctions in the part of the brain that deals with emotions. The emotional baggage is screaming so loud that you can't even hear the information objectively. Sometimes financial literacy doesn't work. If you have that personality that everything you have to do for money is bad and you carry that into what you do, that's the problem. Money is a very interesting reflection of good, bad, and indifferent in our minds. Amazing. Really think about it. It does not buy happiness. It makes life easier for us in some ways, and we live by that. You guys, my time is up already. I will see you on Monday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.